Have you ever felt utterly alone? When no one sees you, no one hears you, you have no voice, no presence, you may as well not even be there because you don't matter. Why are you even here? I know I've had times where I have felt so utterly alone that what difference does it make that I exist on this planet? Um, this happened to a woman in the Bible named Hagar. She found herself in a situation where she did what she was told to do. She succeeded and then she was punished for it. And ultimately she ran away because she felt rejected and even ejected from her household into the wilderness. But God saw her. God heard her and God spoke to her about his promise for her future and for her unborn baby's future. And then her response to what she heard was this. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. It matters that we have seen. One of my favorite things about the, the film Avatar is the way they greet one another. I see you. It matters that we are seen, that we are heard. It may, means that we matter. So does the God who created this whole huge universe, does he see you when no one else does? Let's find out. Okay, so an engineer knows everything about the creation he's built. How it all connects together, how each piece affects every other piece. So of course, God, who's the engineer of the entire universe, knows everything about all the physical laws and the science that all, all the discoveries that science is still making. He knows everything about biology, how plants work, how animals work, even how the dreaded coronavirus works. But his knowledge goes so much deeper than that because he's our engineer. He knows everything about our physical makeup, our eye color, our hair, our ears, our belly button shape, all those things he knows. You know, he didn't just count the numbers on your head. Scripture says he has numbered the hairs in your head. This is number 387 here, by the way. So how does, what does God know about you? Okay, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is Psalm 139, and it was written by King David. And it was a conversation between him and God. And I'm reading now from the Passion Translation which is a very recent translation of the original scriptures. I'm going to read some of it and then stop along the way because some of it just arrests my heart with how amazing God is. So it starts with, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and my soul. You understand every thought 
before it enters my mind. Have you heard, ever heard about um, something called Johari's Window? It's a kind of the square with these four squares inside of it. And there's the bit that I know and you know. And there's the bit that I know but you don't know. And then there's the bit that you know, because you can see it, but I haven't worked it out yet. I haven't seen that yet. And then there's the bit that none of us know, that I haven't seen and you haven't seen yet. That says to me that we just read that God even knows the bits that no one knows about us, even ourselves. Let's pick up with verse 3 again. You, God, are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness, you follow on behind me and spare me from the harm of my past. So we've got God who is going ahead and preparing things ahead of us. In Ephesians 2.10, it talks about God who creates and prepares for where we're heading. And he's preparing us for that future. And then we've got that God is going on behind us and kind of fixing the stuff from behind. He's bringing in healing. He's bringing in um, fresh understandings. He's bringing in protection that spare us from the harm of our past, the things that have happened. It carries on saying, with your hand of love on my life, you impart a blessing on me. This is just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. You understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Isn't it good to be known? It is, it is so good when somebody sees us and we're known. Okay, verse 7 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go to heaven, you're there. You know, um, the Apollo astronauts landed on the moon. God was there and saw them there. And there's the, uh, the, the, this team that are planning to go to Mars. God's going to see them there too. And if I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. There's no deep we can go. And even when we die, he knows us. Verse 9 says, if I fly with the wings into the shining dawn, as far east as I can go, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, as far west as I can go, you're waiting there. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. That's interesting because there's, there's that phrase out there that everyone says, Oh, God will never give you more than you can handle. Well, that's rubbish because I've had an awful lot of things that I couldn't handle in my life, except but God. You see, God won't give us anything that He can't handle. He won't give us anything that He cannot handle through us and help and support us through. So he says, wherever you go, wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It's not in my strength, it's in his. 
verse 11 says, It's impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me, for your presence is everywhere, bringing light to my night. There's no such thing as darkness with you. To you, night is as bright as the day. There's no difference between the two. Remember we talked about in the very beginning when God created the heavens and the earth and he created light. God invented light. He was there before light. He doesn't need light in order to see us. He invented light for us to see. You formed my inmost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. You know, God took the, the right sperm, the right egg, and put them together to create you. He designed your hair color. He designed your eye color. He designed the shape of your ears, whether you have an inny outer belly button, the shape of your toes. He designed you. He designed the, the workings of the inside of your brain and, and the way that you think, the way that you see the world and understand the world. Verse 14 says, I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Do we thank God for who we are, who he made us to be, or do we look in the mirror and go, Ugh. You see, it says, everything you do, God, is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me. He created us. He doesn't make junk. You are not junk, you are not. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully shaping me. And I love this bit because that line, skillfully shaping me, can also be interpreted as embroidered me. Be embroidered by God <laughs> from nothing, it says, into something. You saw who created me to, uh, you saw who you created me to be before I even became me, before I'd ever see the light of day. The number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment, you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you are still with me. And then David goes on to talk about the, his enemies and that how he hates the enemies of God and how mean they are and horrible to him. And then suddenly it's almost like he stops and goes, oh, wait a minute. Verse 23, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me and put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain that I'm walking in and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. You know, there's times where we start to feel vengeful, 
we start sometimes to hate ourselves or hate other people or are fearful or we feel bitterness, we feel anger, we feel frustration about what's happened. See, anger is when we, it's our response when we feel vulnerable and we feel hurt. Are we willing for the one who knows everything about us to examine our hearts, to see if there is any path of pain that we're walking on and to lead us out of that place into a glorious and everlasting place with him. A place that comes back to God himself. That's where I want to be. Take care, see you next time.